Shabbat Shalom. Since it's the end of the week, I thought of giving a bit of an extra uh, supplement. The story of Khurban Shiloh, which we shall see in, in the following week, is a very important story for us to study, uh, especially if we want to understand the relationship between religion and power. Throughout Sefer Tanakh, there are two stories, two khubanot, uh, that keep following us and keep um, sh- shedding their shadow over Jewish history. One of them is Khurban Sdom, right? Kisdom hayinu diminu. We see this in Khurban Baitushon. There's a lot of description of it being like the destruction of Sdom, right? Yeshayahu also says Shimuk Sdom. If I'm not mistaken, he also refers to Amorah there as well. Sdom represents the ultimate corruption of morality, where the community as a whole stops serving its purpose as a place of chesed, a place of helping the other, as we see, tzedek mishpat, but rather becomes self-centered and becomes a deeply immoral place. Sefer Shoftim ended with returning to Sdom. We saw the story of Pilegash Begiva being a purposefully mirroring story of the story of Sdom. The other story we find is Khurban Shiloh, and Khurban Shiloh represents something completely different. Shiloh was the first proper Mishkan. The Mishkan was a flimsy tent which was taken through Admitbar, which was put up, put down. It was more or less, as Chazal call it, a Binyan Arai. It was a temporary residence. Once the Jewish people come into Eretz Israel, they start building a permanent residence. And the ultimate permanent residence is the Bet Mikdash, as we shall see in Sefer Shmuel Bet, and it's the beginning of Melachim. But beforehand, there is an intermediary uh, stage, which is Mishkan Shiloh. Mishkan Shiloh was built with walls of stone, but a roof of cloth. A roof of Yiri Ota Mishkan. It is a halfway house between slowly rising from the ground as a permanent fixture, but not yet reaching it there, not yet making it. And at the very end, at the top, the Yiri Ot was still a throwback to the time of the Mishkan in the Midbar. In the story in our week's Prakim, we saw how the Kohanim of Shiloh absolutely fail. They are one big failure. They are the proof of. Kohanim of powerful religious figures using Avodat Hashem for their own benefit. The corruption of power. Snom represents the corruption of community. Shiloh represents the corruption of power. And when Yirmiyahu, when at the end of Khurban, at the end of Nevi'im Rishonim, when he describes, uh, Nevi'im Achorim, when he describes Khurban Bait Rishon, he describes it as Khurban Shiloh. That is a big statement that is saying there is a corruption of power here, and that needs to be fixed. And we shall see throughout Sefer Shmuel Aleph, there is constantly a discussion. How do we have power without the corruption of power? We saw hints of it in the story of Avimelech, where the son of Gidon crowned himself as king and was a corrupt leader. And we saw Mashal Yotam, the, the other son of Gid'on, responding to him saying, 
this is what a king is. A king is corrupt. And we shall see throughout Sefer Shmuel, and specifically Sefer Shmuel Aleph, the constant recurring theme is, can there be a king who is not corrupt? Can we make leadership that is not corrupt? Just like we are constantly battling against the ghost of Sodom to make a community which is just, can we make a leader who is just, who is not corrupted? And we shall see that it reaches its ultimate pinnacle in Shlomo. Shlomo is the ultimate king at the beginning of Melachim Aleph, who is the king of justice, Mishpat Shlomo. He is the ultimate king who cannot be corrupted. But even Shlomo, we shall see, can maybe be corrupted at the end of his life, and there's more to talk about there. But Bezrat Hashem, I highly recommend when you read through Sefer Shmuel Aleph, Sefer Shmuel Bet, constantly look at the leaders and constantly ask yourself, is this an anti-corruption battle? Is it succeeding? Or have we failed again? Have we fallen under the spell of kingship, which can sometimes become corrupt?